The road to consciousness. We will figure out how consciousness works. It is the biggest mystery in human history. How we can have something seemingly experience-wise through life, resulting from the physical working of the brain. Yet we don't know how it works. Yet we use it to understand the universe. The way we're going to do it, we're going to separate things we know from multiple disciplines into two different buckets. One, knowledge. Knowledge is justified true belief. It's enough evidence or data that we can say it's true. And then the other one, we have to make some assumptions in order to make progress. And those assumptions are, mm, there's some evidence, there's some data or competing theories. We just have to go one way or the other. Otherwise, we will go around in circles. We've been talking a little bit about emergence We've been talking a little bit about quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics from the the wave function and the Schrodinger's equation basically tells us what our experience is when we look at quantum systems. It doesn't tell us underlyingly how quantum systems behave. And even the what we think we interpret in terms of there's a wave particle duality there's superposition all of that entanglement all of the things that we think happen at the quantum level is really us labeling what we see and what we experience the universe doesn't have to play by our rules and whatever is happening underneath is just completely different to how we not only experience the macro world but what we think is our interpretation of the quantum world those equations the math is what happens when we go from micro to macro world the decoherence and that happens so rapidly is why we don't experience any of the quantum level phenomena for instance everything is made up from the quantum level there's nothing in this universe that isn't quantum and things being in multiple positions at once, we never see that. Tennis balls, tables, chairs, us. <laughs> Although theoretically, underlyingly, we're built from the quantum level, but decoherence and in terms of entanglement, the whole universe, or we can't put things in quantum states because as soon as there's any entanglement with the macro world or anything like that, the decoherence happens and it, the wave function collapses and a particle is no longer distributed in multiple places or it is then probabilistically in that place when we measure it. So there's more to this story. Quantum mechanics is the hardest thing for us at with our consciousness to conceptualize. I'm not quite sure we understand what it is telling us about the universe. We only understand what we see about it, which is the layer above. This is similar to consciousness, except conscious... Well, it is in the fact that we experience consciousness very ingrainedly, and we experience quantum mechanics by experiments and measurements, but it's still a part of our experience. That emergent properties that come about through experience is really what we have with our consciousness. 
I want to switch gears a little bit though. I want to talk about functionalism to try and answer the question. Since we have approximately 100 billion neurons in our head, there's actually f- probably about 5,000 different types of neurons and the, the way that they interact. They can each make about 10,000 synapses. That's a lot of synapses in our heads. And that neuroplasticity, a lot of it comes from early development and throughout our lives, it reshapes essentially the paths that get taken by neurons and the electrical to chemical to electrical signals. I guess the question we want to answer is how distributed is that? Or does how does it decide to take a specific path to perform a specific action? We know that, for instance, our visual system goes through the eyes and then travels through optic nerves and then neuron to axon to neuron to axon to neuron to axon through synapses with neurotransmitters until it gets to the back of the brain in the occipital lobe and then travels to actually five different visual fields. But how does that signal know which path to take? Let's say there are neurons that bind to 10,000 potentially different other neurons. And what is the actual path? And is it localized? Is it distributed? Is there a central area that knows how to guide the which path, like some sort of switch system? I think the assumption there is it's not. Neuroscience tells us that it is a very step function based system. So as it comes through the eyes, the next path that it takes through the rods and the cones at the at the back of the the nerves at the back of the eye, through the optic nerve, through the thalamus, this is all a step function of neuron to neuron, which is crazy because I don't even know. There's millions of rods and cones. There's millions of, of neurons involved, hundreds of millions probably involved in a single processing of a single visual site. And how each of these have a step function to, to fire which synapse to take, which synapse bridge or multiple synapse bridge. And there's excitatory and inhibitory uh, neurotransmitters and some neurons are adding to the signal some neurons are are inhibiting the signal with like polarization and hyperpolarization and there's action potentials like it's just a phenomenal amount and i'm i'm not surprised we haven't made as much progress as we'd like with neuroscience because it's an incredibly complex path and system just for a single and even things like movement and moving your arm and wow um it's just so much to it, but the non-distributed, I guess the distributed factor versus having a central system makes sense. Our brains are distributed machines and it's kind of very challenging then to figure consciousness out because consciousness feels like a very localized function. We think of a particular thing And that's really our mental state though. We experience the world in a seemingly unified manner. And what I mean by that is like when you're conscious, you just feel that experience of your environment, your internal and external. It's very like all the visual and audio and sensations all come together where underlyingly it's a very distributed system like visually and auditory work independently and this is the binding problem but the binding problem i suspect is more the physical part of how all of those physical signals and there is a manipulation of time here because 
the timing factor, obviously it's in milliseconds, but a lot of the times when you hit a, a tennis ball, for instance, with the racket, your brain essentially stitches together the visual and the sensation of your arm and the auditory so that it hits all at once because those travel at different rates to your brain. Now, it's very tiny, but it still stitches it together and binds it into one unified experience. Otherwise, you'd go crazy. <laughs> if, if the sound came in later than the audio and like things would be out of sync, like those odd movies with the lip syncing, uh, not the lip syncing, where the, where the audio and the video are out and the lips are out of the tune, like things would just be so weird. So for our brains to put everything together into consciousness and it's not even that it puts it together. We don't sometimes even think about these things. We just experience them. We, we experience our consciousness in one stream and that stream manipulates time in a way that it stitches everything together right and it just happens at such a small scale it's phenomenal so there is definitely a unification somewhere that emerges to consciousness where it's very distributed in terms of the brain itself and the electrical and chemical signals and the paths that neurons take so global workspace theory is an interesting theory where depending on, I guess it's functionalism as well, every specific part of the brain has a specific function. And depending on where your conscious awareness is, that's where the spotlight is for your consciousness. And that's where we are aware, which in itself is a good theory because at the moment I'm fairly aware of what I'm looking at. I'm also very aware of my own voice because that's the functions that is currently at the forefront of my conscious experience there's a thousand million other bits of information that my brain and my body and my senses are taking in but unless i consciously think about those as in the the spotlight moves to that region of the brain then i don't it, it's it's almost sort of like i'm not experiencing that however having said that which region of the brain is that like I just said, I, I mean, it can happen very fast, but it's that unification of my visual and audio is the primary ones at the moment where I'm listening to myself as I'm recording this and then I'm seeing what is on my screen as it's recording it. So that spotlight theory does in some sense make sense. In the other one, it's I feel like the brain and the kind of consciousness is much more distributed than we think. Even consciousness and that experience... I know it feels ingrained and unified, but it just it inherently the distribution jumps out that it's just it's just more of a more of a not a central place consciousness, if that makes sense. And I, I don't know enough about global workspace theory, but assuming it's called spotlight theory for a reason, then it is really and functionalism we know holds true. Every region of the brain has specific functions, although they work together so closely the amount of signals that come back and forth for instance from the striatum from the basal ganglia the sets of nuclei that are inhibitory and excitatory which really determine the set of actions because there's so much processing happening by the brain all at once we can't bubble that up to our consciousness otherwise like i said we'd just go crazy so there is definitely something around what focus we have or what we want to be conscious of that we are conscious of and you could define that as awareness i get but awareness there is an active part of consciousness we i guess maybe it is awareness i mean i don't want to i don't want to either way the definition of of consciousness 
from my perspective is that stream of experience to meaning um and revolving around experience and the emotional significance that's really the measure of how conscious we are and i lean towards currently my visual and auditory experience is what i'm conscious around because of it emotionally has a more significant factor to me than anything else that i could be conscious of i could be conscious of like it's a little cold right now and and my legs are a little cold but i'm not actively conscious of that i'm passively conscious but there's much more emotional significance in what i'm doing right now i'm making this recording it's obviously a part of something that i want to do there's emotion there i'm enjoying it i'm thinking about it so the mental realm is coming in i'm watching it record i'm making sure so all of this emotional significance is leading to my conscious awareness of that experience like i said i'm experiencing everything else but i'm passively experiencing it and that's just day to day, right? I'm, I'm doing something with my hands right now, like clenching them together. And I didn't even realize I'm doing that. It's much more of an automated function that doesn't require active consciousness. Hmm. Yes. So that is interesting. Functionalism is definitely interesting at the physical level of the brain. But does functionalism apply, apply to consciousness where you're conscious of the functions? I'm going to say No. And assume that that's not the case. And that's, there's a lot more to it than that.